right. Welcome to Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, back for part two of Ronnie Burton, uh, his mini series here talking about uh, really life. I mean, but uh, let's kind of talk about the process in which, uh, you know, you've gone through quite a few different roles. Um, we'll hit on the interview process uh, in a little bit, but let's just talk about the process of skill set building and building from experience to experience. Not ne- you know, not knowing what's going to be next, but also just understanding that certain skill sets may be able to help you uh, in- from one role to the next. All right. I mean, well, I always take one. Uh, you, you have to break it into two pods. So you have hard skills, uh, which are like what you do and what it. Um, and this is just a basic one. Let's say I'm an accountant, right? Um, and finance. Yeah, so understanding numbers, understanding diagrams, maybe understanding Excel spreadsheet, um, the visualization, all those types of things. You want to be able to utilize that. Um, accountant, you have to have a, a group of soft skills, right? Whether that's relationship building, um, you know, how to articulate a message, public speaking, those types of things. Or what you go to school for, right? You know, can I? And then soft skills how you present yourself, right? If, you know, you look at Will Baggett, right, for example, I know he's been on, uh, so shout out to him, but he's very big development, um, you know, executive presence, all those types of things, gravitas, um, that comes from the soft skills on how you present yourself. But additionally, you know, there's some hard skill development, like your knowledge base in your industry and your knowledge base on how, you're, how you do your job that give you the gravitas to, to present well, right? Um, and so those are two things that, that that I always look at. So when I talk about skill set building, I always break it into those two pods. But um, you know, one thing that I noticed um, across the spectrum in sports business is that like your soft skills will get you in the door, uh, but your hard skills are what keep you in the business, right? Uh, so for example, in baseball, the hard skills that are valued are number one, analytics, right? And so when you talk about sports analytics, the ability to utilize R, Python. Um, different computer languages, Tableau, Excel, uh, to data visualize and take huge data sets because baseball is a statistic-driven game to be able to present information uh, to a front office or a manager to help them win ball games, right? And so, like, that's a hard skill when you work in, a, in baseball operations that you can utilize, you know, when you're working in arbitration. Uh, you talk about salary, camp, uh, salary cap, um, you know, even down to amateur scout now on the flip side working in a fundraising role you know understanding is, is not like sales because it's not but understanding the hard skills as it pertains to that industry right understanding uh, a crm database like if you use a uh, pacchiolan or razor's edge or salesforce and how you can utilize that to kind of grow um so to retain information so when you're going out to make an ask you have everything up in front of you, uh, you know, understanding moves management and that type of process, how to get a donor, you know, a prospect um, all the way to, you know, through the process of cultivating discovery, cultivation, you know, solicitation, stewardship, and then back through the process. Right. And so those are some hard skills that you have within it. And and that's kind of how I look at it. But the best way uh, I know I'm getting a little bit long winded, but the best way to kind of do you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Go talk to somebody. One of the best things I out to people 
within the industry that had the jobs prior to me or, or, or were a job ahead of me and say, hey, what do I need to know in order to do this? Um, and then they can give you a whole kind of layout of what you need to work on. And it, and it goes down to uh, even the people that are, you know, now you are where you are from a, from a, a job position standpoint, right? But there's even people underneath you that are coming out of college with different skills that you may not have as well. So it's not just necessarily the people above you or the people before you, um, but it's networking up and down to try and understand, you know, what are the things that people are, are discovering or, or skills that they're utilizing um, to see to see things differently. And to your point about the, the data piece, uh, I know that's a, a big thing within interviews, right? Like you go through the process, um, you know, let's just take the baseball process, for example, right? There's a ton of questionnaires that you got to go through on the baseball operations side. They might ask you to do problems. They might ask you, what your theory or philosophy is on, on X topic, um, whatever it might be. But I mean, if you're going on the data side uh, to become one of these analysts uh, in that world, I mean, you're, you're getting put through the gauntlet from a, from a, a project standpoint, right? I mean, talk a little bit about kind of the interview process and how being prepared and understanding at least how to ask for some resources or how to utilize your contacts and resources to help you through that process as well. Uh, and not just I mean, once again, having experience both in, in professional baseball and in college athletics, those are two very different interview processes, right? Um, you know, one thing with baseball, um, a lot of the questionnaires that you get, and I think baseball does a great job. It's probably best in class in terms of the interview process. You know, if you're going to go work in a baseball front office and, and baseball operations, um, they're going to treat you as if you're the GM. They want you to think like a GM. So the questionnaires that you get will cover everything on, you know, what do you think is, um, you know, the, the, the next frontier in terms of research and development within the game, right? You know, you can talk anything from biometric data um, to strength and conditioning to, to minor league operations. There's so many things you can go to. Um, and then they'll ask you a question you know, regarding a transaction, right? Like you have player A who has this statistical output and then player B that has this statistical output. And then they'll give you, you know, if you had X amount of dollars, you had to make a trade between these two guys, how would you do so, right? Um, and, you know, that's, that's something that when you talk about preparation, you know, in baseball, there's so much data and information available for you that you can get a lot of this stuff, whether it's from, you know, baseball prospectus, stat cast, um, or, or any type of data, you know, fan graphs, fan graphs. Like anything that's yeah. out there that's publicly available, you can kind of utilize that information. Um, and, but also, you know, taking advantage of, of, of reaching out to people within the organization. I always, I always tell this, like, you know, of course you'll have someone who's actually doing the interviews, but if you have a link to somebody who works there, reach out to them, tell them, ask them about how that individual thinks or what they're looking for in that role. And if you happen to know, you know, who the previous person was in that role, don't be, don't hesitate to reach out to them either, especially if you have a, a connection, either a personal connection or someone can connect you to it. Because like I said, most of sports is not reinventing the wheel. It's about finding people who have gone through the steps you've been through and, and utilizing the information they can provide. And I've done that multiple times. Now in a college athletic sense, from a fundraising perspective, um, there's a lot of information out publicly too. Um, you know, understanding if they're in a capital campaign, um, reaching out and, and trying to figure out what, what's the personality of some of the fundraisers that are currently, you know, on campus or working at that school, uh, understanding 
who the coaches are, right? Understanding, you know, the university, right? For example, if you're doing an interview at a research one institution that's in the Power Five conference, go and look at that team. See who the university president is, the, the VP of advancement is, see who the athletic director is, you know, understand the mission of that university. Does it have a medical school? Does it have a law school? You know, how does that play into the role that athletics plays on campus? You know, getting a genuine understanding of the greater landscape, not just what's going on in the athletic department, can also give you a lot of context on on what you're going to be fundraising for uh, if you were to get that role. Um, so taking the time to do that and, you know, take a notebook, write all those things out. And sometimes a lot of first time interviews or conference calls, don't be afraid to have that information right out in front of you. If they can't see your face, put that stuff out there, like have who the AD is, be able to, to be able to name who's who's the head women's basketball coach. Don't just know the football coach and the men's basketball coach, know who the baseball coach is, know who the volleyball coach is. You never, ever know who could be on these interview calls, but showing a deep knowledge of what that institution is and what it stands for um, can always go away. But also don't be afraid to have the resources right out in front of you, at least for the first interviews that are over the phone. <laughs> Well, and the one thing that sticks out to me, and, and as you're talking, it's it's evident, right? It's the thought process. Like a lot of teams and organizations are in, whether it's the questionnaires or certain interview questions, um, they're trying to see what your thought process is, right? And in, in a variety of ways. So uh, as you kind of approach the thought, thought process piece and how mm-hmm. to improve it, what is, you know, con- um, constructive, uh, you know, thought process or critical thinking skills? I mean, what are the things that you can do to improve uh, that area of well, personal I mean, development you always have to be reading. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I love reading books on leadership. Um, I know that's broad based, but taking the time to think like someone who's a CEO, um, if you're an athlete, if you want, if you aspire to be an athletic director, you aspire to be a department head, for example, if you want to be an associate AD for development, you know, try to think in his lens, right? What would he be looking for in a major gift officer? What would he be looking for in an annual gift officer? What are some things that you can utilize from the institution that you're currently at that might be good to use at this school, right? And so we creating that critical thinking process. Once again, it's repetitions. Um, you know, we have so many great resources out there, whether it's athletic director, you or, you know, front office sports or, um, you know, sports business constant case studies and, 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 and problems that need to be solved. And a lot of times when you're an employee of any type of sports business entity, whether it's in college or professional sports, they're hiring you to be able to solve a problem. And the problem either comes in one revenue generation, uh, which is like, how do I help this school or this, this entity create more money, right? Whether you're in ticket sales or whether you're a fundraiser, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to articulate a vision to a stakeholder that wants to get them to invest standpoint and then two is you know there's regulation and that's one thing that i learned in asu sports law and business regulation and regulation run hand in hand right and so regulation is there's contracts there's all these things that help create a competitive balance in a sports environment that you need to understand um, a coach's contract for example right you have a coach who's going to be somewhere for a four-year 20 million dollar deal they're legally bound to that that's a regulatory function right our leagues are regulatory functions. Our schools within themselves are regulatory functions. So understanding that. But also then the third R 
that we talk about at ASU Sports Law and Business was, uh, was reputation. You know, how do I enhance the reputation of, of the, the entity or the institution that I'm working with, right? Are we good stewards in the community? Uh, do we have a positive public image? How do we handle crisis? Um, and so if you can think from that critical thinking lens whenever you're going into any type of interview process and you're thinking if I'm the CEO or if I'm the team president director or the senior associate, what may happen, what would they be looking for and how would they purview on how you could even handle your day-to-day or manage your desk if you're in, um, you know, an, an entry-level or even mid-level role. And that's how I take it whenever I go through an interview processes, right? I try to think like the CEO and provide, you know, remedies, um, you know, and solutions. Showing that, you know, every single opportunity you get to work is an opportunity to learn. I don't have all the answers. No one has all the answers. Being open-minded, but also with a growth mindset. I know that's kind of a, 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 a weird phrase, but open-minded with a growth mindset is knowing that you don't know everything, but also knowing that you might make mistakes and how can you grow from the mistakes you make being willing to learn and ask questions. No, that's fantastic. And, and so the three R's, just to, just to recap real quick with another R, uh, revenue generation, mm-hmm. regulation, and reputation. Um, I think those are three great terms that we can all kind of think about how they impact the business one way or another, no matter what uh, landscape you're in. Um, Ronnie, let's w- one more question as we kind of wrap up this episode and get to part three. Um, you know, as you've gone through many of these inter- interview processes and um, yeah, I mean, oh, we're talking hundreds, hundreds. right? Like it, it's not just, it's not just, uh, you know, I, I remember we were, we were kind of both going through that process and we're sitting in the, sitting on the patio one day going, okay, I've reached out to these 50 people, these, you know, these 75 clubs. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's not an easy process. And, and um, just talk a little bit about kind of staying true to the process and, and ambitious in terms of, look, you're going to get shot down way more times than, you know, you'll get that yes for, for that opportunity. That had multiple interviews where someone I've interviewed, I've interviewed with, they didn't have a role for me right then, or I wasn't a fit, but so well that they were actually passed my name along to other institutions and other, Hey, you should take a look at this person. Um, They weren't a fit for our needs right now they're definitely a fit for maybe what you guys are doing. Um, and so understanding that, that every opportunity you have to interface with someone, this is part of networking question and an interview question and an interview scenario. So for example, like the more you reach out to somebody and you're able to, to have a phone call with them to learn about their impact on an organization when you're doing your networking, that's an interview in itself, right? Every single time you have an interview that you maybe don't get or you do get, you know, that creates exponential number of opportunities because that person knows so many people. And, you know, now that I'm here and I've gone through the process so many times that I'm at a point where I know a lot of people in the industry, I can't tell you the number of times that someone's reached out to me and said, hey, like we have a role opening up. Um, You know, do you know of anybody who's looking to break into the industry? And, you know, I always think about my experience because so many people help me out. Uh, to get where I'm at today, simply because they were able to answer, the, they decided to answer the phone or answer my email when I reached out to them. So don't 
don't get discouraged if you've interviewed 50 times and haven't gotten a job, because I promise you, if you're improving every single time, um, you're, you're, you're getting the opportunity to speak with someone and you're also following sending thank you notes and doing all those things, you are going to be memorable and eventually it's going to come. Remember, this is a finite industry and in Major League Baseball, there's only 30 teams in the league office and Division One, 128 teams, right? And in all college athletics, there's X amount of jobs. We're not a traditional industry where you say you want to be an engineer and there's 2 million jobs. It's like there's only a certain number of jobs. So the more that you put yourself out there, the better the chance and the better the likelihood that you'll get an opportunity. And you just have to be persistent. That's it. And, and have that growth mindset and, and take every interview and, and phone call in stride. And eventually things will work out for you. And, and every exactly. interview you have is, is a new connection too, right? I mean, just because you, you don't advance through the next round or you don't get the job or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, maybe you even get one and you turn it down, right? Uh, you know, that happens too. And maybe it's not the right fit. The pay is not enough. It's, you know, it just ends up not working out timing-wise, right? Timing's a big thing. We'll get, we'll get into that at some point. Um, but mm-hmm. it's ultimately staying in touch with those people too because – um, you never know when you're going to cross paths or, or when another opportunity uh, opens up down the exactly. road uh, that you might be a better fit for. So, Ronnie, thanks for thanks for chatting uh, on, the, on the process and the interview process uh, here in part man. two and looking forward to part three.